Yo, all the way from our studio in sunny Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the MSP 101 podcast, and we are live to hard drive with our latest episode. Let's go. Hey, Nick, how you doing today? Hey, Jesse, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. We're here for our third episode, I guess really our, our 3.1 episode. Our official three point so. episode was right. lost to the uh, <laughs> lost to the recycle bin due to some technical deficiencies on my part. Who knew it was it was difficult to record a podcast over free apps and the internet? I mean, in twenty nineteen, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knew microphones had to point a certain way? <laughs> yeah. Well, how would you know that? I mean. Who does well, this? I mean, I, we just we just want it to work, right? We, we don't want, want to put any effort into it. We just want it to work. I just suspect everything that comes out of my mouth to be recorded in perfect clarity. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? I think it is already if you have an iPhone near you or an Android phone. I think that already happens. But or this way, Alexa. we just get to distribute it. Yeah, yeah, and Alexa, <laughs> which allegedly doesn't doesn't listen when the little mute button's pressed, which I don't believe. Yeah, exactly. Well, and... How about this for a, a, a mental gymnastics uh, segue? We were, you and I were talking about uh, security before we started recording, and, and specifically, we were talking about antivirus. You're in a now. Do you say antivirus or is that just me? How do you? I don't know if, you I, say if I'm a just because I'm a southerner. I, th- I think I just run it all together like most things. I say anti antivirus. Anti antivirus. Anti anti. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I lean on that that I so hard. The same thing like. Uh, I think you and I, in our first episode, we talked about Detroit, and that's how everybody says it. And I kept going, Detroit, Detroit. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we were talking uh, security, and you had some, you've got some things that you're dealing with actually in your day to day right now. Uh, you're having to pick out a new antivirus vendor. Yeah. So as part of my role now, I'm getting more into the RFP process and you know, into into the sales part, which is new to me. You know, I've always been, you know, more on the, the technical delivery and operations piece um, more so. But yeah, getting into that, I had a client we really recently onboarded. And it's funny, and I, I've heard this happen a few times. This guy's a, a director of technology. He's like, yeah, we bought ESET last year, but it never got installed. So they gave us a deal on it if they wanted to <laughs> use it next year, this upcoming year or whatever. So we have that. And I was like, well, okay. I was like, let me go back to our procurement guys and get you some quotes, you know, for what we use. And that's, I learned that we're using PCmatic and Symantec are the two products that we're recommending. Interesting. Which I have. I'm embarrassed to admit, I've never even heard of PCmatic. I hadn't either. I I should be embarrassed to say that that we're (laughs) selling it. I didn't even know what it was. And if, if you, if anybody's listening to this, knows me that at least at, at one time I was uh, very contrarian about antivirus products when I was when I was more in the loop on selecting them and 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 demoing them. Um, so I, I always it was hard for me to ever recommend an antivirus product that you could go to Best Buy and pick up. Like right. for the longest time, I was anti Webroot because it was $10 at Best Buy, like, you know, for a, a license. How do you sell that? You know, how do you say yours is better or whatever? So that was always 
something for me. And I think PCmatic is the same way. I think I've now that I'm looking at the website and the logo, I think I've I've seen that in retail stores before. PCmatic. I'm gonna look it up myself. The website's terrible. PCmatic.com. It's just home and office on the left and business on the right. And you click on visit company site. Yeah. And nothing happens. Yeah, this looks it's just a white page. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a generic like this this website reminds me of like log me in or something. I don't know. It looks awful. So when I click on that, you I think you might have your browser locked down too much. Um I'm on my, I'm on a, I'm recording on one of my lab computers. Uh when I click visit company website, I get a new tab. Um PCmatic offers superior PC security and performance optimization for blank and then it's PCmatic PCmatic Pro and PCmatic MSP. Hmm. PCmatic MSP brings our whitelist technology. Interesting. So yeah, so that's this was that's a recommendation of, to you, or this is just one of the vendors you have access to. This is one of the vendors that we have access to. You know, a lot of times we're we're dealing with clients, you know, that are low budget. Uh, that just need something to kind of get them by, and this facilitates that. You know, the I think the semantic is the one that we're 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 really putting our weight behind um, as one that we we prefer to use. But the PCmatic is just a low cost option for those in that market. Yeah. So, what do you have? What do you have like historical uh, um, knowledge of? Like what what? Antivirus suites have you used in the past? So I'll tell you a, a genesis story of my experience with antivirus. So <laughs> <laughs> when I started working at the MSP, you know, uh, we were using Trend Micro Business, which I don't even know that's a thing anymore. But it, we were transitioning away from it or looking at options to transition away from it uh, back then. And we always had problems with, we had passwords on it. Mm -hmm. So you'd push out passwords from the console on the, on the, on the, to each user's computer. So they couldn't uninstall the antivirus and like, it never worked. Like it, it would always break. And then there was this elaborate process that you had to go through. If you were to, to try to remove this product that was password protected, it was just deeply embedded, you know, in the OS in some magical way that was very difficult to get rid of. So it wasn't working well. And this is, this is around the time, at least in my experience, that and like viruses were, were very prevalent like on the help desk like day to day you're removing you know two to three viruses it seemed like a day you know on all these things so the company wanted to to kind of dig in on antivirus and at the time i was just the help desk jockey so i didn't have much input so we ended up going with with viper business which at the time um it had a it had the ability to do a console like a central console with probing so you'd install uh, the main console if you will on a server and they would probe the network for other devices and they would show up there you know and you could install them um which is pretty commonplace today so and that worked fine you know for a while but we used it for i think for about two years and we started to notice like how, how do we have this antivirus product on the computers but we get viruses all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It so, seems an obvious question. Yeah. Like, what is this thing really doing? 
So I built a couple VMs, you know, started testing some stuff, found some malware in the wild, and it would just like everything that I tried, which I'm no I'm no forensic analyst or anything like that. I'm just a guy that tries to break things and figure out why. Uh, nothing ever nothing ever worked. It 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 nothing ever caught. So that kind of began our journey, you know, into looking at other providers after about two years of Viper. Um, but really that that was the prompt for it. So we were we were ConnectWise partner and we we went down to IT Nation and we went back and forth with our Viper rep, you know, complained and this and that, and like, oh, it's try this or try these settings. And finally we got it kind of came to a head and we met one of the regional uh, guys, you know, he's like, I'm gonna be at IT Nation, let's let's catch up. I'll buy you guys a coffee or a beer or something and we'll we'll hash this out. I'm like, okay, great. So we meet this guy. If any of you have ever been to IT Nation, it was this huge like ballroom kind of open area. There's a lot of vendors and I'm kind of just step off to the side and sit down in some some chairs in this huge uh, lobby area. And he's like, hey guys, you know, do a quick introductions. He's like, look, I'm going to be straight with you. He said, the product just isn't good right now. He said, we had, we had some changes in engineering and um, you know, there's problems with development and the company is going through a restructure and he's like, all your concerns are valid. There's there's nothing really we can do. This is kind of what it is. If you guys want to move to something else, I would encourage you to do that. A refreshing that level of honesty from a sales. Yeah, rep. yeah, yeah. And I, I really appreciated that. It, al- it almost <laughs> makes you want to. <laughs> you know you what? We'll just... stay with your bad product just because yeah, we. We'll stay. Yeah, just because <laughs> you're a good guy. But that was sort of how I got introduced you know, to Viper and, and my, my introduction, I, I mean, to, to antivirus, but past that, you know, started digging in and really doing a lot of research on things. The, the purpose of my trip to IT nation that year was to talk to a lot of antivirus vendors and figure out who was doing what. And that around that time is when, uh, uh the ransomware was emerging, you know, more prevalent in the market and we we're seeing a lot of it. So we really wanted to find something that could detect, actually stop it because i think for a while there nothing did um so doing research i found Bitdefender, and uh, i really liked it I-, I took some heat you know <laughs> because uh, a lot of the guys at the office didn't like it and um it was it was very aggressive product i found uh, which is like the complete opposite of trend micro and and viper business but um yeah i mean that that was sort of how i got into it and um the last time I was really in in the weeds, so to speak. Yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, when I got into the MSP space, uh, the company that I first went to work for was moving away from ESET. When I basically when I walked in the door, they were in the process of migrating from ESET to WebRoot. Um, well, I, I actually did a couple of onboardings um, while we were still deploying ESET and. The first one I ever did was just an unmitigated disaster. The you know we spent half a day trying to figure out why ESET wouldn't install on half the machines there. Um, you know the the installer took forever. Uh, you know it would error out with just this like completely generic error message, um, and uh, basically it it caused the, the onboarding of this company to take probably twice as long as it would have. Um, that MSP they were a continuum shop. And so there was some deal that was struck and, and we had access to WebRoot. So we 
went through the huge rigmarole of getting everybody off of ESET and getting everybody onto Webroot. And the incredible thing about Webroot was you would double click it and it would just appear in the system tray. And I don't know what it did behind the scenes or how long it took, but you basically, you know, if you were doing it manually, you just double click and move on. It was the fastest thing um, I'd ever seen, you know, especially compared to, to ESET. Um, I did like the back end, you know, the, the centralized management, basically, you know, if you were going to onboard a new client, you would go in and create their account, um, and then generate the installer and the installer would just have this crazy, uh, name and it was a unique identifier. So, um, instead of having to deploy and then, uh, associate with the company, the, the installer name would automatically associate it with the, uh, with the client which I learned the hard way because I, I like to be very verbose in my naming <laughs> of files. So I downloaded the installer and then immediately changed the name. Uh, and our central services guy came to me and said, what the, what the hell did you do? Didn't you onboard somebody today? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, they're not showing up in the portal. Uh, and anyway, after a little while, we figured out what had happened. So ESET was, was a bugger, right, from a management standpoint. Um, the, the portal was not great. The installation process was horrendous. The, the uninstallation process was horrendous. Like you said, sometimes the, the passwords that we had documented wouldn't uninstall. Um, and so, you know, safe mode and lots of command lines and, uh, you know, to get just to get the damn thing off. Um, and it, it also conflicted a lot with like built in stuff, you know, uh, um, some of the stuff that comes pre-installed, you know, crapware or whatever, even when you get like a, a professional um, box from like Dell or something like that, you know, it still has some software pre-installed and ESET would basically just have a massive aneurysm. And uh, so we'd have to, it just, it just, we learned that it drastically increased our time to, to do anything. So we moved away from that. We went to Webroot. Webroot, the portal was great. The installer was great. The uninstaller was great. Um, you know, the, the password worked. Um, if you didn't have the password, you still had to go into safe mode, you know, blah, blah, blah. But what we found was it was really, really bad at stopping viruses, <laughs> which is, you know, that's, that's like, Webroot. Hey, the Webroot yeah, one was bad. This was Webroot. Yeah. Um, we, we had some, uh, so we, we were a Sophos shop and Sophos came out with this tool, like, you know, here, run this, run this in a sandbox and it'll, you know, against, you know, any antivirus and it'll, you know, there's tasks one through five, you know, perfect scores if it blocks all five and <laughs> we ran it against our web route and it didn't block anything. It was basically like, yeah, I'm here, but, uh, you know, I'm not stopping anything. So we were like, holy, holy moly. Um, you know, that was alarming, but anyway, not too long after that, I was out the door, um, and up to North Carolina. Um, and the company that I went to work for and, and still work for, uh, is a Bitdefender shop. And I'm not a huge fan of the Bitdefender console. It's a bit unwieldy. You know, you have to go in and do a lot of manual association. Um, you can go into a client inside the, the portal, generate an installer, uh, but the installer is still just generic. You have to go back in and reassociate. Um, I'm sure there's ways to automate that or script it. Um, but unlike Webroot, Bitdefender seems to be much, much better at... Uh, you know, at one, like the reducing the amount of false positives, um, kind of staying out of the user's way, um, but also being really good at, at blocking uh, infections, 
we've had a couple of crypto outbreaks, but they've all been um, through, you know, an open RDP port, which I'm embarrassed to say, or, you know, what, whatever. Um, I don't know if you can hear the, the fire truck going by. I apologize. Plaza um, Midwood. Surprised Plaza they have fire trucks man. there. Are they organic fire, fire trucks? <laughs> yeah, they run <laughs> off methane. <laughs> Free range. They, they shoot uh, out fire trucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like holy water instead of regular water. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, just complete sidebar. Have you seen the Twitter? It was like uh, Lacroix is like sitting next to someone who's thinking about the way a strawberry tastes. <laughs> it's uh, there's a there's a bunch of memes like that, and it's like if somebody filled up a glass and just put like a strawberry like in the stream of water and then filled up the glass, is what a Lacroix tastes like. You know, it's right? Ever right. ever you know, we're, so we're joking, but this uh, fire truck literally just parked out front of my building, so who knows what's going on out there? <sighs> Hopefully your building's not on fire. Well, <laughs> it's going to be a <laughs> episode than normal, folks. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Jesse's uh, Jesse's house burned down. It's part of the show. If you could just if you could just carry your laptop with you as you run out of the building, <laughs> you know, and continue yeah. to like narrate what's happening, this may be the most listened to podcast we ever have. <laughs> I'd be out of breath before I got to the elevator. Do you remember, uh, it's like before memes were a thing, there's some guy, he's being rescued by a ladder. You know, he's like crawling out of the window of his New York apartment and he's got like his beige tower in his, <laughs> in his hands as he's trying to climb onto the ladder. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Uh, that's awesome. Somebody delete my history. <laughs> <laughs> this is before Steam, man. If he didn't have all of his installs, installers, he's out his whole library of games. Um, but anyway, back on track. Sorry. Um, yeah, Bitdefender is, like I said, the console is a little unwieldy. It's it's not very intuitive. But once you learn your way around it, making exceptions, uh, you know, whitelisting folders, whitelisting applications, whitelisting um, uh, URLs. Um, it's it's a it's a to me it's a very effective product. So um, of the ones I've had exposure to, I would say I'm. I'm most impressed, or I, I would feel best um, knowing that my clients are are running Bitdefender. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Bitdefender a lot too, and um, I, I've always been a fan. I thought it worked really well, but it was it's aggressive, and I think it caused some problems. You know, in the, as part of that aggressiveness. Yeah. And some of the other ones that are more passive didn't have that. So that was a little bit different mindset, I think. Um, for me when I used that product was getting used to that piece that it was it was actually doing something, so to speak, where where the other ones uh where like I said were just a fly on the wall pretty much. Yeah. Just watching. <laughs> just a passive have observer. Seen, have you seen that meme and it's it's forever old and it's like a, a turnstile that's sitting like in the middle of a hallway? And it's always labeled like Windows Firewall, and you can like easily walk around the turnstile. There's like nothing on either side. <laughs> it I think reminds I, me of. I can, I can easily picture it though, because yeah, it's very very appropriate uh, comparison. What's the deal with WebRoot right now? I mean, it's is it part? Is it are they like a ConnectWise like integrator or partner? Or from what I've seen, that it was. It was very deeply integrated to ConnectWise Manage now. Do you know anything about that? No, I don't. I don't. I know that um, Continuum was partnered. I think Continuum 
and I may be speaking out of turn here because I, I wasn't in the know at my previous company for these kind of deals, but I know my previous company was, we were a continuum shop, but we were also a member of HTG. And one of those two things, or maybe even both, um, provided us a, a very, very steep discount uh, with Webroot, which is why we got on, mm -hmm. on board with them. I think, you know, they have like, you know, Webroot, they, they have a tiered uh, pricing model. So if, you know, if you have over a thousand endpoints, the price goes down. If you have over 5,000 endpoints, the price goes down. Um, and they allowed all of HTG, I believe, to basically appear as one entity uh, for their pricing model. So we got like the steepest discount, like they offered, like bar none, because we had, you know, all of these different MSPs basically under the same umbrella. I mean, the accounts were were separate, obviously, uh, but just from a, a sales point of view, they 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 view that that entire peer group as one entity. Hmm, that's interesting. So yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. I, I'm looking at it. I just I just sent you a link. It looks like that Webroot does. It looks like primarily integrate with ConnectWise. I think it does connect with others as well. Uh, looks like Datto, RMM, Kaseya, Continuum, but it looks like they're leveraging ConnectWise uh, as the as the primary vendor. Oh yeah, and I see on their website here, Webroot wins best vendor award at ConnectWise slash IT Nation. So hmm. it sounds like they're in cahoots. Oh yeah. So I did uh, while we've been talking, I did a little Google search uh, for you know best antivirus software twenty nineteen. And I found an article written nine days ago, and this is on Tech Radar. Number one uh, is Bitdefender, and number three is Webroot. Um, and then I went to CSO online, and to try to get like a more of an enterprise point of view. Mm -hmm. And Avast is number one of all things. Bitdefender is number two and three, uh, and Webroot is nowhere on this list. Yeah. That is interesting. I, I think Webroot is just like an MSP play. That's what I feel like. And I, I know they're in the box stores too, and they've been around for a while. But they, I think they were able to align themselves, you know, with, with these ticketing systems or these platforms, these CRMs, you know, to really kind of kick their business off and to, to be a, a channel partner. That's what I'm seeing at least. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I mean, you know, my dad bought a, Adele XPS from Best Buy, and I think it came with Webroot. So they are, they're doing something right in terms of marketing uh, and account management. Yeah. Um. So how do you guys sell antivirus? Like, do, does it it just come as part of your your all you can eat offering? You know, as part of managed services, or is it a separate line item? Like when you're onboarding someone, or you're doing, uh you know, competing for business, how, how do you price that? Or how's that structured for you guys? So this is a sore subject with me because we do break it out as a separate uh, line item and we charge for it separately. Um, but then what that invariably leads to is the conversation with clients like, well, well, if that's the case, we already have our own antivirus. Uh, we'll just stick with that. So we'll take everything uh, that you're offering except your antivirus, which is not obviously not what we want to do. We don't if we're in this, so what I tell people is, you know, if we're in, if we're responsible for the integrity of your network, you know, we, we need to deploy a tool that we, we know and trust and have vetted and, and massaged to, to function the way we want it to. But then, you know, their response is, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to pay for it or, you know, so I think that 
either rolling it into the bottom line uh, is, is probably the best way to go and not break it out separately like we do. But uh, unfortunately, that's an argument that has fallen on deaf ears. So yeah, we do have it broken out in our proposals as its own line item. Yeah, it's the same with us too. You know, we, we don't we don't specifically mention it. You know, the price, I guess, is part of the proposal. We'll just say it's extra, um, you know, when we do an RFP response or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. it seems to it seems to always, you know, come up, you know, with that. Like, oh, well, we got this or we'll do that. Or like for us, you know, we're very fragmented on, you know, the antivirus products we manage. We haven't done well with, you know, getting everybody under one umbrella. But given our client base, that's probably to be expected um you know in education so working yeah. with a lot of people that are already have on-site you know it folks or an it director or something like that so we we the way we integrate with you know our clients is at varying levels so um it's always different for us yeah do you do a lot of the, i mean and i know i'm getting off topic here but do you do a lot of co-managed um uh, what was that contracts? i think you cut out there I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I said this is off topic, but I'm just curious. Do you do a lot of co-managed contracts? What do you mean co-managed? Like you, your company does the heavy lifting, right? You do like project work, implementation, um, you know, manage virtualization containers, you know, what have you. And they have on-site people for the day-to-day -day password resets, uh, you know, setting up new computers, software installs, stuff like that. Like the the what you would consider maybe like tier one help desk stuff? That's a perfect question. So in the last week, we've onboarded three clients and all three have like a different, we're providing a different support model to them. So <laughs> that's, a, wow. that's an awesome question. So we just <laughs> onboarded a school in Charleston, South Carolina, mm -hmm. and they have, they opted to, to not go with us to provide an onsite person. Um, for support. So they opted to hire a kid out of college just to be the kind of hands-on boots on the ground. They have a company, I'm assuming it's an MSP, that manages their network infrastructure, firewall, uh, ISP, um, web filtering, all that stuff. And then they hired us to manage uh, basically the, the server infrastructure, desktops, uh, and kind of be the remote help desk and assist you know, their on-site person with tickets and things like that. So yeah. Yeah. So that, it's a, that was kind of unique. There's a lot of hands in the in the in the jar so to speak, which obviously is an ideal. And of course our play that we're in there is, you know, we want to we want to take over managing the network and eventually get one of our guys on site um as part of that offering, but it's it's going to be interesting you know, to see how that that kind of works. It's it's political, right? You're adding a layer of political uh interactions to to your 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 day-to-day -day operations uh when i was in south mississippi we took on a, a city which is it's way more grandiose than it sounds it's about 400 endpoints 400 users but it was a pretty complex um network and and maybe due to the fact that the person that had built it and implemented it might not have known exactly what they were doing i mean they got it to work but you know, we came in the door, we did our assessment. There was 56 subnets. Uh, just, it was just kind of all over wow. the place. But I say all that to say, <laughs> and again, we're off topic from the whole antivirus thing, but just an interesting sidebar on, on co-management, on co-managed accounts. So the city, they had a director of IT and then 
he had uh, someone that was under him, kind of like a, a I mean, a, a grunt or a gopher, if you will. Basically, they had tried to implement their own ticketing system, um, Solar Winds, I think, uh, just mm-hmm. some sort of free version, um, but it didn't go anywhere. So they were just using email. Um, we went in and talked, and people were saying, you know, response times and this and that. You know, it could be a week, it could be a month. Anyway, I don't know why, but this director got let go. And I mean, he got let go. They they went to his office and said, come with us. And they walked him to the front door uh, <laughs> and, and wow. showed him the exit. Uh, and wow. so um, I think that this, this guy that was under him just assumed he was going to move up right in the world. He was going to be the new director of IT for the city. Um, but the city manager reached out to us and, and wanted us to come in and pitch uh, our managed services. So we did. And anyway, we got, we got awarded the contract. Um, but because their documentation was so poor, you know, part of uh, what we identified in our risk assessment is lack of documentation and, you know, lack of, of knowledge, basically, you know, wh- what's the password to this? What's the password to that? I mean, they had some, some really high availability requirements. You know, the, there was a blanket wide, uh, you know, municipal, <clears throat> excuse me, municipal Wi-Fi that, like first responders relied on. Um, there were some really uh, intricate services and systems for the police department. You know, nine one one system, uh, evidence system. You know, as you can imagine. So we said, you know, we need to keep this guy here. We need to keep him happy. And what we can do is we can bring him on. You know, as a salaried employee for us. And if he works out, he can stay. And if not, you know, after four, five, six months, we get everything we can get. Then you know, we can have a discussion after that. And so they decided, no, we'll keep him here and we'll just have him as like the on on site, you know, boots on the ground guy doing some of the day to day stuff. And he'll just he'll he'll be our point of contact with you. So we said, OK, great. And I was the the VCIO at the time. So I spent a lot of time there on site and um, I was in the city manager's office and we were meeting and she asked, uh, you know, did you get what you needed from so and so? And I said, ah, you know, I reached out to him a few times, but still waiting on some things. And clearly there had been some, uh, there's some history here. And she, she got very upset, visibly upset, picked up the phone, called this guy in his office. I mean, read him the riot act, like in front of me, you know, I'm going, Oh, you know, please don't do this. (laughs) I have to work. You know, we have to work with this person. Like, please, please don't be unfairly, uh, and not, I, I shouldn't say unfair. I think it was warranted. Um, so anyway, I, she hung up and she goes, okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just gonna walk over there talk to him face to face (laughs) and they were at the time they were in two different buildings so i'm walking across the parking lot and here he comes steaming across the parking lot i mean i can see like you know his face is red like this guy's clearly upset so i intercept him we talk i kind of walk him off the ledge you know back him away from the ledge a little bit hey man i know you know trying to be diplomatic and not you know (laughs) not stoke his fire anymore so i ended up you know calming him down a little bit let's walk back to your office let's talk blah 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 so we go back to his office, closes the door, and he is—he starts working himself back up the more he talks about it. And he's cussing and carrying on, and he's calling her names and, you know, being very unkind uh, for for very small amount of time. And then the door flies open, right? Literally, I think the door was kicked. <laughs> <laughs> the door flies open, and it's her. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sitting there, my laptop in my lap, and she comes in, and now she's red in the face. And she walks around to his side of the desk, and like she is in his face, like literally finger in his face, and they're going at it. And I, 
I said, you know, I'm just gonna, guys, uh, I'm just gonna step outside. You know, they neither one of them heard yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first real experience with co-managed uh, accounts. Yeah, I feel like we could do a whole show on this, and maybe we should. Um, <laughs> we, we, we manage, we co-manage a lot of accounts in, in different capacities. Um, we have another onboarding that we're doing tomorrow. And we're just we're just uh, we're just managing the network. We're not doing <laughs> the help desk or any on site. So it's it's like the opposite. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to uh, well, I've got a two or three hour drive on Wednesday, going to meet with a company in Asheville that has seven or eight offices, and they have local MSP. You know, they have a local MSP doing the help desk, but they they're wanting to move to the cloud and and they're and you know embrace some newer technologies, maybe mature a little bit, and they're. Uh, and their operations. So yeah, we're, we're getting those same kind of calls. Like, you know, we got people who can reset passwords and install printers and, and we like them, but we need someone with more proficiency and, and some of the more complicated technologies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of stuff has worked well for us, you know, to this point, but it does require a higher level of account management. I would say, you know, when oh, you, yeah. when you have those unique, you would call relationships, you know, usually an MSP wants to get in there and do everything it's very it's it's a lot different trying to to integrate into something and still provide your your value and do things the way you want to and you know that work you know along with you know someone else that has their hands you know in the IT space as well right you know, for the client. well you know and unfortunately our industry has the, the stereotype of, of people being very hard headed and stubborn um, and at the same time I mean you know there's always more than one way to do something so. Uh, it just it's it like you said it's very it requires a great deal of diplom diplomacy and maybe some some unique customer management skills. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's 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 unique, and this you know that that wasn't always the case. I think at the other MSPs I'd worked at, it was pretty exclusively you know we were the only provider. And I think you're right. Like that's an emerging thing that's a lot of people are going to start seeing now. Like, hey, we got that help desk guy. We got. Susie or Jeff, you know, on site that can do some IT stuff. You know, how do we how do we get that that expert? You know, right. or how do we get that that extra level of consulting? And people love having having someone local, right? Uh, someone on site, even if uh, you know, if especially if that's what they're used to. You know, if say a company outsources uh, what used to be an in house IT department, I mean, that's a tough hill to climb because. You know, the CEO could walk down the hallway and grab someone by the throat, you know, and say, come here and fix this. Or, yeah. you know, just that, you know, there's somebody, if, if something becomes an emergency, you know, you walk down the hallway and you find the person who you think can help you. Um, and even if picking up the phone and calling a company that's, you know, 30 miles away or 100 miles away results in a faster resolution, there's still that, um, you know, that mental block, I think, that we just associate you know, what, what's, you know, the proximity is better. The, the closer proximity is, is a better solution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's interesting because a lot of our, you know, interactions are, are somewhat remote. So um, we do a lot of remote work. Like I just talked about, you know, doing this remote help desk and remote network management. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that kind of plays out and how that relationship, you know, builds and uh, sort of what the outcome is. It's because it's, it's a little different, you know, for us just to do one one single piece, you know, that the IT management. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I guess as typical for, or what seems to be an emerging trend in this podcast is we've gotten way off topic. Um, <laughs> and that's, I blame myself entirely, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's so fine. circling back to the antivirus, do you, do you have a, uh, do you have something picked out? I mean, do you have a decision that you've made or, or what, what are your metrics, I guess, moving forward? How are you going to make this decision? Well, I think, and unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately for us, like it's, it's always going to be, you know, kind of up in the air. Like I said, you know, we have these very, our, a lot of our clients are very price conscious, which I think everyone is. Um, but a lot of them are working under, you know, direction of their board or, you know, really being, um, you know, aware and trying to get what they need at the absolute lowest price, um, you know, just to, due to, you know, the way their budgets are structured and their funding is, uh, especially in education. Yeah, I think it's always going to be a little bit moving target for us. That's why we we do the the PC Matic, the super low cost, and I don't I don't know what we're paying for. It's less than a dollar a license that we get it for, and I think we sell it for a buck a license. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure about the semantic. I, I, have actually, I actually haven't seen semantic installed on anything in quite a while, uh, you know, since I was actually doing support myself. But yeah. There seems Nor to be a player I. in the market still. Nor have I. Um, we hired a guy a few months ago, very, very seasoned veteran, you know, gray beard, as you might say. Um, and he was, his bread and butter was, well, a couple of things. One was identity uh, via Okta. And, um, Azure had a lot of experience in Azure and he's always beaten the drum for windows defender, or I guess Microsoft defender, windows defender. Um, you know, that it's, if you're using windows pro or windows enterprise, like it's a no brainer, just windows defender. Uh, it's built in, it does a great job. You know, it's tightly integrated, but I don't see it. You know, I don't, and, and this is, might be my own ignorance, which is why I'm asking is that, do you have any experience with that? Do you ever come across, you know, shops that are, or, or, or potential clients that are running windows defender and, and, you know, having various degrees of success? I haven't actually. Um, I, from what I understand, windows defender is a lot more mature than it used to be with this latest version of windows 10. I'm not, I'm not a windows user. Um, unfortunately, so I can't say, directly how it is um but I, I what i've seen it's 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 a lot more verbose and i think active you know than it ever was before but i, I haven't i haven't had that argument yet of well i have this built in like why can't i use this right have you come across that only only from this guy you know he he's saying in the enterprise it's all enterprise runs it's all enterprise runs and i don't have the enterprise knowledge to to refute him um, I'm looking on this uh, this article that I was referencing, the CSO online uh, about best enterprise antivirus software, and this set number ten, Windows Defender. Um, hmm. uh, Microsoft Defender antivirus was as good as any other product in terms of detecting malware and usability ratings. It did lose half. Uh, it did lose a half point in its overall rating on performance. Specifically, it was 17 percentage points slower than industry average when installing. Uh, frequently used applications on a standard PC. It did identify one legitimate application as malware. And see, that that's interesting because that is the opposite of what my experience has been. Like, I've, I've just relied on Windows Defender or Microsoft Defender um, for some of my home PCs, some of my lab PCs. You know, I just make sure it's running. Um, but this is talking about, you know, installation times and, and whatnot. 
So maybe we're talking about two different, you know, Windows Defender versus Microsoft Defender. Hmm. See, I learned something new. I didn't know there was a difference. I, so and, there you and, go. And <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. You know what? Let's just ask Google. While you're looking it up, why don't you give the specs on that keyboard? <laughs> is it noisy as all get out? Oh man, it's it's blissfully uh, the click clack. It's it's nice. So which one is this? This is a this is a Cooler Master Master Keys Pro M, and I think it has Cherry MX Blue switches. Um, as you for know, those of you, for, as yeah. I was to say for the folks at home, Jesse is a keyboard junkie. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I've I've yet to to solder my own keyboard together. Um, anybody who's on Reddit, I I challenge you to swing by mechanical keyboards and not get addicted. And there are some there's some diehards on there. There's people who have five six hundred dollar keyboard setups that I'm jealous of. Like I don't look at it and go, oh man, these guys are crazy. I'm like, oh geez, I wish I had that disposable income. What is it? The Model M. Is it yeah. that old IBM Model M that everybody liked? Oh, yeah. I'd like to have one of those. Old PS2 keyboard, have to convert it to USB. Yeah, you can buy them. There's a website um, that specializes in, specializes in that. And I think they're like 80 bucks or something. But yeah, I actually found one in the wild. Um, again, in Mississippi, as you would expect. Um, there was a country club and their ERP software was run off of literally, this was three years ago. Four years ago, their, e their ERP software was run off of AS400, and uh, it had a an IBM Model M PS2 plugged into it in the in the server room. Did you hook them up with a new <laughs> Dell uh, keyboard and, <laughs> and pop that out of there? You guys don't need this. We'll recycle it. I uh, I told our point of contact there because he and actually turns out he was a bit of a keyboard junkie because he had been an accountant, you know, and he had typed, you know, mm -hmm. he spent all day typing, and he had a, a mechanical keyboard. Um, I said, look, whenever we decom this, I'm coming back for this keyboard. And he's like, okay, whatever, weirdo. You can have it. That's funny. Windows, Microsoft Windows Defender. Maybe that's what it is. Security Essentials. Uh, well, I don't know. Probably probably it's, best not to read an article to myself while we record. While you're... Yeah, while while we're recording, <laughs> just uh, Nick, can you brief pause? About Ten minutes, I'll be back. Tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Autoplay video. Smallbusiness.cron.com. I'm never coming back here. Well, I have to do my research elsewhere. <laughs> that's an that's well, cool. an automatic. Uh, that's an automatic no-go for me. Autoplaying video with sound. Yeah, yeah. Who's doing that these days? What year is it? If you have a website that autoplays video and sound. Uh, you know what? I'm going to look up, and now we're getting off topic again. There was a restaurant in Beaufort, where, where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> and it was literally, like, as of, as of a few years ago, last time I looked, um, it was a Flash-based website that played music and did not list their business hours, their phone number, their address, or their menu. It was literally just pictures of food and a piano solo you couldn't mute. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Is it still that way? Okay, no, they've updated. They've updated. Uh, I'm watching you, Paninis. 
Can you go on the isn't can you go on the Internet Archive and find an old copy of it? That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. The Wayback Machine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm wasting everybody's time now. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Nick? No, I think that'll do it for antivirus. At least at least get the conversation started. Um, so if, if you guys have any any questions or comments or uh, want to talk shit or argue about something, you guys can. Uh, I just made us a, a Twitter a Did Twitter you handle. Systems administrators to argue with us. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be great. We can argue yeah. on Twitter. I think that's what Twitter's for. <laughs> so I think that's its only purpose, just to argue with people and uh, just just go back and forth. But that that address is at get msp 101 so if you have comments concerns want to argue with jesse or i we'll be happy to do that on <laughs> on on there in a, in a public forum Absolutely. <laughs> what are you speaking of that what are your socials nick uh right now I, I get on twitter a little bit i guess personally more or less just to read but uh it's at nicholas a newell on twitter a standing uh, that's for how it can be reached. of course Alfonso, that's right. Alonzo, that's, that's right. another. What about one? you, Nicholas Alonzo? Alonzo. <laughs> I used to think of Alonzo Mourning, the basketball yeah. player for the Hornets back in the day. Oh yeah, I was thinking of. I think I was thinking of a Formula One driver, but I might have been making that up. That's um, probably yeah. right too. I could see it going that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my on Twitter I'm at Jesse Clements, uh, J E S S E, no I, no I. The actual. Uh, I was surprised this morning at Starbucks. The lady actually got my name right. But, uh, and that's it. Oh, wow. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on MySpace, oh. Friendster, uh, <laughs> any of that other stuff. Oh, Google man. Plus. No, no MySpace profile. No, man. Google Plus isn't a thing anymore, I don't think. I know. I, think it's I know. It's, it hasn't been a thing for a while now, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. It never really was a thing, I don't think. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> All right. We'll get out of here. <laughs> Thanks, right, everyone. Have a good we'll day. see you later. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the MSP 101 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Drop us a line at yo at msp101.com, at getmsp101 on Twitter, and check out the show notes and other information at msp101.com.